Ephesians is, a, is a incredible book that speaks to just the core of Christianity, um, faith and faith and practically. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to read Paul's words here. He says, For this reason I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, and height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to far more abundantly than all that we can ask or think,
those four days, we will have a different service at different ones of our campuses. So all the details are on this little card. It's on some of the seats that you're sitting on. Feel free to take this card, grab a couple to invite some friends. But just to go over it very quickly, um, on September 27th, that's Monday night, our first night will be at the Brookfield campus. So September 27th at the Brookfield campus. Then on Tuesday, September 28th, we'll be at our Milwaukee campus. And then Wednesday, September 29th, we'll be here at Germantown. And if you're looking for a road trip um, to wrap things up on the 30th, it will be up at our Appleton campus. Incredible speakers, a different speaker each night from different um, churches, churches and different ministries that are very nationally well-known. I'm very excited to hear from each and every one of them. So it's going to be a blast. We really believe that God's going to bring revival in our church and in the, our cities and communities. So make sure you grab this card and make it out to at least one of the revivals, if not all of them, because it's going to be a good time. Be awesome. Yeah, I'd really encourage you just take time to plan for that. We have the dates out. Yeah. may not be able to make all of them, but just pray about it um, and hope that you can join us. It's going to be a wonderful time. I've grown up hearing about all these awesome revivals and how lives have been changed, and I'm excited to be a part of it. So, oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. I can't wait. All right. That's all the announcements we have. There was a lot. So grab your bookmarks and grab your revival things because that's where you need to know everything. <laughs> so tonight we have um, a wonderful speaker in store for you. Um, Becky Lorenz, I have known her for many years. Yay, you can clap for Becky, that's funny. <laughs> she has been just a great friend. Um, it's been so wonderful to see how people grow and just be a part of the community that we're in. Um, Becky has always been just right there, and I love Becky for many reasons, but one of them is Becky is always praying. <laughs> Can I say that? She is always listening to what God has to say. And I know her message tonight to kick off the season of 70 Palms is going to be no different. And I know this is a word that God has spoken to her, and I am very excited to hear what she has to share with us tonight. So if you would please welcome with me, Miss Becky Lorenz. minutes away from where we were previously living and our last neighborhood 
was fun, full of life, lots of young families, lots of kids running around. And our new subdivision, although I'm thankful and we've been blessed there, is just rather quiet. And I have two young children who are 10 and 8, and they thrived in our last neighborhood. I mean, there were kids to play with all the time. But with this transition, there have been some bumps and rocks in the road, especially for my kids. Um, they're used to leaving the house, running to the neighbors, going door to door. And if you have young children or have had that in the past, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's nice where you can just send them out, they come back, they're all happy, and they can go and come as they please, and you know the families in the neighborhood. And that's what they've longed for, and they, and they were used to that for eight plus years. I mean, even for my husband and I, just taking weekly walks with some of our best friends who also lived in the neighborhood and spontaneous bonfires. So it was a transition summer for us, needless to say. But my daughter, who's eight, she has been struggling the most. And it started out with her just kind of making comments here and there like, Mom, I really miss my friends. Uh, why did you have to move us? Did we really have to leave? Recently, her most, well, the one she's been seeing more often is, can we just go rent a house back in the neighborhood and stay there for like a month so I can be with my friends again? Just a month, Mom, please. But it, I mean, as kind of lighthearted as it sounds, it's been really hard and challenging. And I'm trying to comfort her and let her know that I understand that it's difficult for change. But she's been wanting more of what she had in her last neighborhood. But I know over time, God will reveal to her the same thing that he did to her there, that this is her home where we are, not the home that we're in, but where we are. And although she longs for more of her friendships, it got me thinking, what do I long for more of? What do we long for more of? And sometimes we go through life where we're wanting more time with our friends, time with family, just time doing what we love to do. But do we ever want more of Jesus? And like we was stated earlier today, that this season is all about more. And tonight is no exception. Tonight is about wanting more of Jesus. What does that look like? How do we get there? Are you there? If not, do you want to be there? These are questions that we need to be self-reflecting on. And I really want to start with the first commandment, just refreshing this. You shall love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. So do you desire more of the Lord? And if you do, do you love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind? Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I am just so thankful that you have chosen me this evening to be your vessel. Lord, I pray that you humble me so that my words become your words. Father, use your Holy Spirit tonight to reach the hearts of the women that are here. They are here for a reason. They are here on purpose. Father, and I just pray that you touch each one of them. You know what their needs are, so you know how to reach them, Jesus. I thank you for this word, and I ask that you bless it in your mighty name. Amen. So tonight, as we cling to more of Jesus, as I began preparing for this message, one story just kept popping in my mind. And I just kept coming back, even though I 
would kind of research some other ones. This one just kept coming back to me. And it's found in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 and 42. This is the NIV version. And it says, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet. Feet. Just remember that. Listening to what he said. But Martha, she was distracted by all the preparations she had to make. She made, she had come to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. The Lord replies, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. So in these few verses we just heard, there are two scenarios. We have Martha, who is spending all her time making sure everything is in order, that it's perfect for Jesus. And then we have Mary, on the other hand, who simply sits, clings at the feet of Jesus to hear everything that he has to say. And I think one of the reasons this story, not only because the Holy Spirit had placed it on my heart, but I feel like I, for a lot of my life, could relate to Martha. And Martha's hospitality towards Jesus is not sinful. In fact, it's a gifting of the Holy Spirit, hospitality is, which is found in 1 Peter 4.9. But have you ever had company over, friends over, a gathering, but you were so busy and preoccupied by all the things that had to go in place to get dinner or appetizers, even your house cleaning, the chores done, and even have your, have your guests over and still find yourself cleaning up even while they're eating, you know, taking plates away as fast as you can or just busy and not focusing time with the people that you had there in the first place, not engaging in conversation. And that's the whole point of getting together and to socialize. So Mary wanted to be close to Jesus and she knew that that was more important. Her decision showed how much she loved and respected Jesus. At this point in the story, um, I'm sorry, the point of the story is making that Jesus in his word is our first priority. There will be things that come up. There will be distractions. But to choose him first and choose relationship with him. So I have three important reasons why it's great to sit at the feet of Jesus. One, it allows us to hear from God first. When we are preoccupied with our tasks, we're not thinking about Jesus, and we're missing out on the things that he's trying to tell us. Two, it shows that we recognize who he is. That he is capable of anything, and that he prepares our days. And three, it shows a sense of trust. We trust him with our family, our jobs, our kids' schools. And if we give it all to him and lay it at his feet, that will prove to him that we trust him with our lives. So Luke is sharing in this story about Mary and Martha, just in order to show the love and devotion towards God should never be compromised, not even for good deeds or tasks. So our desire for God, wanting more of him, comes from having relationships. See, I grew up in a Christian home, 
went to church every Sunday. I had parents who were devoted to reading in their Bibles. They did what we call life groups. They did, they were called cell groups when we were at church. So I saw them engaging and being a part of things as I grew up. So I knew to love and honor Jesus, and I did it the best I knew how. But when I was 25, uh, my husband and I were wanting to start a family of our own. And since I was a young girl, I can remember dreaming and longing to be a mom. You know, I used to play house with my dolls. One that I still have may have played with her a little too long in age, but you know, save her for my daughter. But you know, then I would stuff my belly with blankets and pillows, and I know there's other women out here who've done that too. I mean, that's what we did growing up, but I, I had a dream, I had a vision in my heart at a young age of wanting to desperately be a mom. I mean, so bad that I even was a babysitter, was a nanny, worked in childcare. I did whatever I could to get close to that dream. I quickly realized though, that my husband and I wanting to have a baby was not gonna be as easy as I had pictured. There was struggle. And times I felt like we had unanswered prayers. And I did, I did all the things one would do who's desperate for something. I, I bought books on how to get pregnant. I did all the research and I, my husband and I would go through lists of things that we should and shouldn't eat or things we shouldn't do. I mean, it consumed me. It controlled my every thought. And I lost sight of the one person who has complete control. I was trying to take matters into my own hands. And we know that when we do that, we just end up disappointed. So I had two miscarriages in the first six months. And at this point, I was an emotional wreck. I, I didn't know where this was going, especially when, since I was a child, I had this dream of being a mom. And during all this too, I was in my Bible. I was reading the word, hanging on to every promise he'd given, be fruitful and multiply. And then I would ask, well, why am I not being fruitful and multiplying? Where is my baby? Why is this a struggle? Why is this hard for us when you have given me this desire? But we do know too, that God does answer the desires of our heart. He is the one, in fact, who put them there. Psalms 37, 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. And I remember the very moment that I had a conversation with Jesus. I was sitting on my patio steps, watching a storm roll, and I remember it being dark and cloudy out, kind of windy. And I remember sitting there and just saying, Lord, if you give me a baby, I will do my best to know that they know you, Jesus. I just wanted to be a mom so bad. And it was now a year at this point when I've had that conversation. But it took for me to come to the end of myself, to literally lay it at his feet and give it all to him for that dream, that desire to be, to be, um, to be answered, to receive that longing from Jesus. For that answer to be given to me and a promise on his word to back it up. 
So it was, like I said, a year at this point. Not just a month past this conversation of prayer I have with Jesus. I found out I was pregnant again. But I knew there was something different. I knew that God had given me this child because of this conversation I've had with him. Because I let go and gave it all to him. And that's what we need to do. We need to give it to him and sit at his feet. Listen to him and hear what he has to say for us. He knows best and he wants best. Our timing isn't always his timing. And I got hung up on that. Even though this that year was very difficult and very painful, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Because that was the year I found Jesus for myself. My personal relationship with Jesus. And there's nothing else like it. Ooh, sorry. <laughs> but because I spent that time with him and I went through those challenges, I built trust with Jesus, trust in Jesus. And trust is very essential in all relationships. If we want them to grow and develop, there has to be trust. Without it, it lacks personal connection. It lacks depth. And that's where Mary got it right. She realized the importance of sitting at Jesus' feet. All other things aren't important at that moment. And I can just picture her at his feet, like a young child, longing to hear more, wanting more of something. But she had Jesus physically in front of her. I mean, what an awesome thing. We have Jesus through the Holy Spirit, which is Amazing, But can you imagine sitting at the feet of Jesus? That had to be overwhelming. So here's, two, here's a couple of questions that I want you to ask yourself. Do we long more for Jesus? And if not, do we have our priorities right? And three, are we more concerned with doing good things or good deeds or being devoted to Christ and his word. I like what it says in 1 Samuel 12, 24. Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. Remind yourself of the great things he has done for you. I like to keep a journal and I jot down every time I know the Lord has blessed me. Which is daily. I mean, we wake up, we're alive. That's a blessing in itself. But I keep track. Just to go back and remind myself, remember this, remember that, remember that. The more, the more I think of the things the Lord has done in my life, the more passionate I am about him. The more I want to pursue him. And truly, to see that his hand has been on every fiber of my life. And it's overwhelming for me to even think that. And if Jesus was in front of you right now, would your first thought be to... Make everything perfect. Or stop and spend time with our Savior. So now, I used to relate myself more to Martha. Now, I relate myself more to Mary. But again, neither of them are wrong. Neither of them are wrong. But it's about prioritizing. And Mary knew what was best. So that's what I try to live my life by. 
Am I prioritizing Jesus first and then everything else? I know that when I do, my life is so much easier. So Mary and Martha are great examples for us today. Besides Jesus' mother, Mary, Mary and Martha are two of the most famous people in the Bible. Women, women I should say, females. And Mary, she's also the one who anoints Jesus' feet with expensive perfume in the Gospel of John. And they're also Lazarus' sisters. So we know, based on the Bible, that they've had great relationship with Jesus. In Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, For by grace we have been saved through faith, not of our own doing. Remember that. For by grace we have been saved through faith, not by our own doing. It is a gift from God, not result of works, so that no one may boast. That I love the most in the scripture. God knows that we're going to be competitive people. He knew that we were going to be in competition with others. And it's not about overstepping or beating out the person next to you. It's about having faith and believing in God. And the continue in the scripture, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, and that we should walk in them. I have a couple pointers that I'd like to share with you this evening. Something that I kind of drew up as what I feel works for me, and that I think could be beneficial for all of you too. My first pointer is pray without ceasing. Although it is good to have devotional time with our Heavenly Father, it's good to carry on your conversation throughout the day. Try responding to the events that arise and turning them into little prayers. And thank Him for the small victories throughout your day too. And pray over the little things that come up. Include Him in this way. And it shows that you rely solely on him. Two, confess your sin. Unconfessed sin creates a weight that makes walking with Jesus difficult. It is a barrier between us and God. And the Bible says that, explains it, that the only thing that keeps us divided from God is our sin. So if we confess that and clear that with God, that we will never have anything to interrupt our relationship with him. And three, be grateful. And this is one. This is one that I try to really live by. When you practice with gratitude, something special happens. It transforms our perspective. It lessens self-pity and converts what we think are big problems into what are really small problems. So if you are someone who wants a relationship with Jesus but doesn't know where to begin, Invite him into your heart. He's knocking. He's waiting. It's what the Bible says. And gather or partner with other Christ followers. Pick weekly or daily scriptures. It can be intimidating at times to open your Bible. Don't know where to start, where to begin. And that was me when I first started. I would randomly open my Bible and be like, all right, I'm going to read in 1 Samuel today or, you know, 1 John and just start reading the scripture. And then eventually it, it went from just opening my book to scriptures to opening chapters and then going through the Bible and 
it, it does take time, but the more you read, you will start to see and develop that that relationship with Jesus just naturally grows. And when that does, that's going to bring you closer to him and wanting more of him. But we who believe can have the greatest friendship of all time. And what I love specifically about Jesus is that there are days that I'm not, I'm not at my game. I'm not always in the word when I want to be, because life happens. But I know it's important for me to take time for him. But I love knowing that I can pick up with him wherever we left off. That our relationship never regresses. It's always moving forward. And I'd like to close with 1 Peter 4.2. So as we live the rest of the time in the flesh, no longer for the lust of men, but for the will of God. As we transition here into worship, I invite the band to come forward. And I also want to invite you women to come forward. This is a time where we can be together in relationship, in communion with our Heavenly Father. And this by no means is a place where we need to feel embarrassed or ashamed. We all have stuff. But God wants you to come forward and out of your seat, make a change if you feel comfortable. But please come to the altar where it all began. And that's I'm here tonight. Thank you. Thank you. 